0: Another big happening uh, Friday night, uh, shortly after 7 o'clock. Really no surprise to me, folks. We ended the show Friday, and I said it was going to be quick. Um, Maybe a beverage and a sandwich, and right after lunch took a little longer than that. And then, listen, due diligence was in play. Uh, Jurors wanted to see a little bit more as far as depraved indifference. You know, it's a little confusing right here and there. But mapping it all out for us, as he has been, Uh, is Ray Perini, part of the great team of perini Herger. and nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on this Monday. Sir, how are you? uh, I am good, Jay, and good to be Good to have you aboard, my friend. And, you know, listen, um, I, I was having some dinner late Friday, and no surprise, no surprise when this thing came out the way it did, Ray. How about you? Assess that for me.
1: Well, we've been talking about this since the trial started. This was the proper verdict. I I look at this case right now and I say, you know what? Suffolk residents should be very proud of their criminal justice system. because it worked from the DA's office, through the judge and the courts, right down to the jury. Everyone working hard to get the right answer. So I think it's a proud day for Suffolk County and law enforcement in Suffolk County.
0: You know, jurors... To me, did their due diligence here? They there was some, uh, I, I guess, a little bit of uh, a cloudy picture as far as the definition, which you and I have spoken about here on the show, regarding uh, depraved indifference and everything else. And they wanted to make sure they had their their eyes dotted and t's crossed as far as their final final decision. Uh, but uh, and th- and that's where it came down to depraved indifference and whatnot, making sure they had a grasp of it. And, uh, and they seem to have uh, done that as far as when they had a chance to listen, listen to a little more audio there, Brett.
1: You know, jurors do take their job very seriously. And I think if they had just come back, walked in and walked out, it would have been an injustice. But let's look at the facts because we have depraved indifference, which I think the government clearly proved. Or you have manslaughter in the first degree, or you have criminally negligent homicide, which is like an E felony, four years. So that can get tricky. So they looked at the, they did the timeline. They looked at what happened that morning, the lie to the EMTs and the nine one one operator. Forty minutes to, uh, forty minutes to actually call nine one one when this boy is in distress and probably dead already. And the course of conduct over a year. I mean, this wasn't a one-off. This was a course of brutality. and that it, It's gut-wrenching. It's very sad. It's the kind of case that everyone involved in it, seasoned prosecutors, defense attorneys, the judge, jurors in particular, are going to have trouble getting those images out of their head because this was just a very bad, evil case. And they did the right thing. I'm glad they. i glad. I'm glad they took seven hours, because it didn't look like it was a. They were just hanging them. They did their job and they did it well.
0: Ray, when you look at how defense attorneys went about their business here, representing Valva, you know John Luturk in particular, and asking the judge, let's throw in a couple of lesser charges, negligent homicide, right then and there. Listen, I mean, he's saying, listen, my client, no doubt, is guilty. But let's go on that lesser charge, which which it would have given him less years behind bars. The negligent homicide. I mean, right then and there, if you're sitting on that that jury, uh, you know that something you know was not right as far as how this former cop treated his son. Thus, they're trying to lessen the load somewhat as far as how I'm thinking. If I was sitting on that jury. That's what, the, you know, trying to slide in something like that at the 11th hour wasn't going to cut it. You know, the fact of the matter is this is a guy who sprayed his son with a hose outside, threw him in the garage, threw him in the garage, soaking wet, didn't care, didn't care about his well-being, didn't care if the kid went to school, you know, with something in his stomach. Obviously, he was searching for crumbs in garbage pails, him and his brother Anthony. You know, urine-stained clothing, lacerations, black and blue marks, you know, his his hands were red. It, it, it's you can't. I mean, listen. There was no way. If you're sitting on that jury, you can wipe any of that stuff out. I don't care what charge defense is going to throw at you. Uh,
1: you know, they conceded a lot. They conceded the uh, endangering the welfare. They conceded he was a horrible father and he allowed these things to happen, but he didn't want him to die. And they had no place else to go. They had they had it because you're looking at. Murder, 25 to life. I doubt he gets gets a day less than that. If a jury, they could have sold it, which was an impossible sale, in my opinion. That crim neg is maximum have been 4 So they went to the law, they went to the charge, and they had to concede facts because the evidence was overwhelming. Uh, I don't know where else they were going, and we actually said that after the opening. They're not looking for an acquittal. They're looking for a lesser down charge to reduce the time. And that's that's how the trial played out. But the prosecutors, I think, you know, Laura Newcomb and Kerry and Kelly, stayed focused, put the evidence in properly, and did a terrific job. They never they never got lost in the weeds like CPS and all these other things because CPS did not kill this boy.
0: We'll get now, to that in a second here. But um, when you look at this case, I'm doing this a long time myself, reporting on stuff like this. I don't think I've ever uh reported more regarding immense cruelty at the hands of a parent. Uh, the same person who was entrusted you know to provide unconditionally love and everything else, the job as a cop to protect and serve the public. I don't think there's been a tougher case I've reported on to be honest with you in, in all the years I'm doing this. I mean no kid should ever have to endorse such acts by a parent, my goodness. But when all said and done, Ray, you mentioned CPS. You know, I, I say everybody had a hand in this. CPS failing to act as their very job at hand here. And I understand caseloads and staffing issues and everything else. But my goodness, you know, now you're changing as far as how you're going about things. Uh, as far as the county and CPS, how much in your mind does CPS play a role in all of this?
1: You know, I think, I think had it become an issue in the trial, it would have been a diversion and a mistake. And I'm glad the prosecutors didn't go there. But I think now that it's over, I think a grand jury, I think the DA's office should impanel a grand jury and take a look at how they, where and how they failed this child. Whether there were criminal acts, and if not, at least a report of what has to happen to change how they respond. Because there's no doubt the ball was dropped either in Nassau County, in their, in their, in their court, when you got custody, or through the whole process here in Suffolk. And you know, I feel bad for the teachers. I mean, they really had a problem. But you know what? When you make all these calls and you know there's something wrong and you see it and you smell it, you know this kid's in trouble. DA's office has a family crime bureau. When CPS doesn't act, give them a call. Get it out there. Let's get a prosecutor involved because I think they would have acted and they would be, the boy may have survived as he was, if he was taken away.
0: Ray Perini with us. So, Valvin now faces Ray a, a potential max sentence of up to 25 years to life behind bars uh, he'll be sentenced by Bill Condon, who presided over this trial, which began, what, around September the 7th or so. Uh, jury selection everything else. But now you have uh, Condon uh, setting the date, sentencing December the 8th. Um, less than the 25? Where are we at with him,
1: you think? I don't think you can get a worse factual scenario for depraved indifference in this case. It wasn't a one-off. It wasn't he lost his temper. The kid did something stupid, and it's the first time it happened. You had a year of conduct. You had him lying to cover it up on the date it happened. Uh, you know, I don't see how you don't... Know, if I was the judge, and I'm not going to second-guess him, but I'd come in at 25 to life. because this, this is just unconscionable. This is depraved indifference to the nth degree.
0: Do you think anything could come about? You know there's going to be appellate issues and everything else from the defense. Do you think anything would come about over that?
1: Uh, as a trial lawyer, having have been doing, doing this almost 50 years. The worst thing you hate to have to say after a jury trial as a defense lawyer is, I'm going to appeal because that means you lost. And you look at this record and you look at how the case went in, I don't see any appellate issues. I think that's – what else do you say? We're going to keep fighting. That's about Uh, it.
0: No question. Uh, Former fiance Polina, Angela Polina, she'll be facing the same charges. She is ready to go on trial probably early next year. We don't have a firm date yet. If you are looking at jury selection for the Polina trial, how do you possibly shield the verdict from Michael Valva as far as the mindset is concerned? How hard will this be? Uh, I I mean, I can't even imagine trying to find the right 12 here based on what we have seen over the last month or so. But how how do you do that if you're the court?
1: Well, you have to make sure that in, in the voir dire, you're going to ask directly about who read the papers, who knows what happened, and then the question is, can you put that behind you and give her a fair trial? I think it's going to be difficult. I think that uh, this case has gotten a lot of notoriety. I think if they know he, go, he went down, that uh, well, right now I would not want to be her defense lawyer because. It's pretty clear how the case is going in, and I don't think uh, she has a shot in hell, excuse my language. But, you know, you try and take it out of the case as best you can. You can never pick the perfect jury, but you try and pick the fairest one you can get. So um, they're, they're going to have their hands full trying, trying to get 12 people who of it. Don't know, one, he got convicted, and two, the horror of this case, because this has gotten a lot of notoriety. Tough tough, tough
0: to defend tough. her. Ray, if you're trying to defend her, I mean, it's is going to be tougher than Valver, I think, because, you know, that team tried to really uh, try to pass the blame on Polina. You know, calling the shots in her house. You know, you're too soft on your kids. If you want to stay under this roof, you'll do what I say, throw them in the basement, throw them in the garage. I don't care if they ate or not. How do you defend this type of monster coming up next year?
1: Well, you had the plumber who testifies. He saw her throw of the kid down the, the other the other way down the steps. What kind of mother? Well, she's not the mother, but guardian is she? I mean, I don't think it's like I said. If you can work out a plea, you better work it out because I don't see where you're going with this case.
0: No, nope. um,
1: and I don't see how what kind of plea you can get.
0: Getting getting back to the mother, Justina Zubkavalva. I mean, with all that she stated from way back. Going to the courts, documents being presented, pleading for help, and when all said and done, you know she kind of made a lot of sense. What does that say as far as uh valva is concerned, and all that she meant prior, and what could mean to her after all said and done here?
1: you know i that, that's another thing that has to be looked at and, and analyzed because the fact that he's a city cop, did that play into it, that he has this credibility coming in, coming at, you know, coming into the, the courtroom. Um, I hope not because these were horrible allegations, but I mean, that's something that we have to take a look at. And I don't know enough about how that played out. I mean, I know what happened in the family court. I know he got custody, uh, but I mean, I think there was a text that he he wanted custody so he wouldn't have to pay child support. For the cost of child support, he takes his kid and abuses him like this. And that really is a monster.
0: You know, Ray, so this kid that did not die in vain. What are we to learn from this going forward as far as child protective services, the courts in general, some of the judges who really need to listen a little bit more and investigate uh, some very strong allegations. Um, what happens down the road? Do we get a complete makeover of things, things looked upon differently? I, I would think it has to, no?
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I talked about a grand jury before. Somebody's got to look at Child Protective Services now and have find out where and how this went so far off the rails. And I think it's the DA's job, quite frankly. He may not like me saying that, but, I, you know, the grand juries are there for a reason. It doesn't mean you have to turn an indictment, but you can write a report to make things better, to correct the existing problem. And if this case doesn't tell us we have a problem, no case will. So it, somebody's got to take a hard look at this and put the political pressure on the right people to make sure it happens.
0: And that includes, you know what, uh, from an administrative standpoint, at a county executive's office, you make sure that your dollars are planted somewhat so that at least it can be divvied out accordingly. I mean, this is something I think also that this administration and future administrations have to look out as far as how a county presents itself. No?
1: Well, I agree with that 100%. I think that, and I think just the way this case played out and how it was tried and the verdict— tells tells the county exec don't make the same mistake because you're not going to survive politically now everybody's on notice now they have to do something and by God they better
0: without question Ray Perini ladies and gentlemen Perini-Herger part of the great team and of course you'll hear Ray as we get the next round of play uh, in business as far as the trial of Angela Polina Uh, sometime early 2023. Sir, great analysis as always. We look forward to having you on again.